and welcome to Ladies Who London podcast. I'm Emily Dell. And I'm Alex Lacey and we are Qualified London Blue Badge Tourist Guides. Each week we bring to you some of the best bits of London. We talk about our favourite people, places and events with a bit of information, a lot of laughs and a whole lot of fun. Well, we can be found on Instagram at Ladies Who London podcast and, oh God, That's on you. our website, <laughs> guideemily.com and alexlacy.com as well as our dedicated podcast website ladieswholondon.com where you can find the show notes and all of the pictures and things to support the podcast and find out more about us huzzah huzzah i never go wrong what's all that no, it's normally me <laughs> on that little bit yeah i know yeah. it's getting it's catching it's catching, it is That's catching. What it is. yes anyway uh, how are you very well emily dell how are you i'm very well alex lacy um I just want to say, oh, I was go. very, no, 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 it's a compliment coming your way here. Oh. I was very impressed by your pumpkins. Oh, thank you. I I am seriously considering jacking in the podcast and just making, becoming a full-time pumpkin carver. Seriously, I was really, really impressed. I liked as well that you lit them in your toilet. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I made them, it was the middle of the day. It was the only place dark enough. I loved how you just grabbed it and was like, "Come with me, going into the loo." Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, they That's were on good. my on my uh, window sill last night for all of the trick or treaters to Ooh. come past because uh, we're recording this on Monday. And guess how many trick or treaters I had? Oh, seventeen. Zero. Oh, zero. Yeah. So oh. on the plus side, I've got loads of sweets if you want to come round. Oh, what kind of sweets were you? did you have for the trick-or-treaters? I mean, um, Palmer Violets. Where are we on Palmer Violets? Palmer Violets? Yeah. What are we, the 1980s? Yes. Palmer Violets. Where did you get those from? Well, it was this big box of like vintage sweet shop sweets. Oh, oh So it's like dip dabs and all sorts of stuff. Dip dabs. Yeah. Oh, oh my God, out. I'm definitely coming round. Come round, come round for a dip dab. Palmer Violets. I know. Oh, right. Palmer Violets are a very love-hate kind of thing i say that yes i don't I actually them. like palmer violets i'm not a massive fan i can probably oh, like, take about one maybe fresher lollies and all sorts of stuff oh um uh, and what are the, the love hearts Lo- loads oh, of love hearts. The love hearts oh yeah wow and nobody came that's nobody so came. disappointing you um, do have a gate though it is a bit of a gated community yeah, i know but maybe i'm just too scary yeah maybe <laughs> As one, as one listener said to us last week, thank you, it was really hilarious. I mean scary, I mean scary, but it totally wasn't <laughs> scary at all. scary. I have to tell you, I cannot stop thinking about Spring Hill Jack. Really? Really. You haven't seen him this week? <laughs> I haven't seen Leaping him. Leaping onto your I've rooftop. Been, I've, <laughs> I've been looking out for him, looking out for the blue flames. <laughs> and it's that in particular, the idea that vomiting somebody, of blue the vomiting of blue flames, it just it just has stuck in my mind all week. Um, your new ideal man. It really is. I, can, I mean, I would, I would go to that wedding. Would you? Yeah, absolutely. What would you, well, actually, if he's wearing that, God, what would I wear? Oh, you'd have to really uh, up the ante. Yeah, definitely. Like Morticia dress, I think, probably, you know. Oh, yes, I think that Full Morticia. Yes. Anyway, Anyway. enough of our faffing. We hope you all had a wonderful Halloween. Yes, happy Halloween, uh, everyone. Hope you enjoyed. We're scared silly by last week's uh, silly (laughs) silly episode. Um, This week, there's no podcast pedestal to resume because it was just a a chatty one last week. So um, we're going to go straight into it this week. We can, um, but also I just want to point out that I am winning on the podcast pedestal. Yeah, I mean, that's why I, I want to go straight into it. <laughs> <laughs> Only by one point now, though. But, uh, I'm bringing it back, babe. I'm bringing it back. But yes, just wanted to, to point that out before we dive into a wonderful cup 
of teeth. Yes, moving swiftly onwards from my moving defeat. swiftly <laughs> on, because the wheel last week, where did it land, Alex? It was Fleet Street, wasn't it? It was Fleet Street. and Where I... you and I both ended up this week for a free pie. Oh, the free pie. <laughs> the free pie. Oh, God. I was so happy. Yes, I was walking down Fleet Street on Saturday and uh, suddenly got stopped by a demonic-looking guy. And um, there was this whole... It, it kind of like um, this little window and you had to pull some kind of scary face yeah. and then get a free free pie. It was really cool. Like, there was sort of smoke belching and screams coming out and you got a free pie with it. Did yours have an eyeball in it as well? I didn't have an eyeball. I had Did a finger. Oh! My sister had an eyeball. Brilliant. She went, yeah, she went the day after and she got an eyeball. Because yes. you went on Sunday, didn't you? Yes, I did. And I, I think, because you, you'd posted Sunday. it and I was like, this is amazing. Um, and in desperation, I messaged her and I was like, well, how long is it on for? <laughs> and then I happened to finish a tour just around the corner. So I went there, got my free pie. It was brilliant. And then I went past it again today. All gone, no sign of it. <gasps> oh, well, he did say that um, he thought that he was just going to be there like for the magic. weekend. But it, Not, it depended the frontage, everything the had pies, gone. Uh, everything had gone. Everything yeah, it was, is, everything it was like a shop with lots of jars, and there were hands in jars yeah. and eyeballs and toes. And it was back to being a shop, but a green-fronted shop. There were no oh. eyeballs in sight. I drove past it, and I was I was momentarily oh, stunned because I was with guests, and I was like, "Wait, what? It's got oh, like, it's as if it never yeah. happened, and yet you've got a, a a pie in your belly." Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, so Fleet Street. Um, Sorry, uh, can I just ask which flavour you went for? They had run out of the mushroom, so I went for the beef and toucan, which was an interesting... Beef and toucan? I guess I read that wrongly. I don't think beef it actually had Beef and toucan, toucan. what yeah. was in the bird? I would assume so. Oh. I, I had, read that wrongly. I had but... the chicken. Oh. Chicken and ham hock. Anyway, we digress. Anyway. Um, so, Twining's tea. Now, I'm actually sipping on a wonderful cup here of Twining's tea. I've Very got nice. strawberry and elderflower. I'm eating chips, so you rock on. Yeah, excellent. Um, okay, so I'm going to talk about the Twinings family. Now, I know that you're not really a, a hot drink kind of girl, are you? Well, the problem is I'm allergic to caffeine. You're so allergic to caffeine. As a result, a terrible thing normal to to. I know, I know, especially on those mornings where you could really mm. do with a boost. Yes. Um, so I do drink tea and coffee, decaf versions, okay. occasionally, but I'm not addicted to it. So it's a social thing only. So yeah, I kind of, I very happily go without. Okay. Um, well... Tea is obviously something that has been drank for a very long time. Um, all the way back to 2737 BC, would you 2737. believe? 2737 BC. <laughs> yes, ancient China. And legend has it that Shen Nung, who was a, an emperor, scholar, herbalist, all sorts of things. Great he, guy. He um, was basically sitting underneath a tree and he had this cauldron of boiling hot water and this little kind of leaf from the tree suddenly fell into his into his cauldron and um and he sipped on it and had a taste sensation and thus tea tea I thought, that was, I thought that was opal fruits wasn't it the taste sensation yeah <laughs> <laughs> something like that um Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And as we travel towards the end of the third century, tea had basically become China's national drink. And not long before, it became basically a focal point of Chinese social life. Lovely. 
Very much like it is today in the UK. Very much like it is today. Um, but there was kind of different ways of actually creating tea. So originally they would get lots of um, dry tea and make almost these kind of bricks. And they would chip off a little bit of brick, well, a little bit of the tea, put it in hot water with onion, ginger, salt and orange. Ooh, that sounds good. That's it? With onion? Yeah. Like a, like a soup, like a broth. Like sort of okay. savoury, but savoury, but tang- oh, tangy, like, oh, yeah. Oh, I don't know if I'd be into that. Oh, no, I think that sounds good. A bit of kind of sweet and sour. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. all right. Um, well, you can anyway, make me that next they, time I come round. They didn't drink it to get that kind of um, sensation that you're thinking there. They would drink it for medicinal purposes. So it cured sleepiness, bad eyesight, stomach ache, all sorts of things. You could do with it for that as well. Well, yeah, true. Um, And then Buddhist monks discovered tea in China and they were the ones that brought it over to Japan and Tibet and then eventually it goes all over the shop. Um, Oh, I should also say green tea was first drank at this time. We didn't have black tea until the 17th century. All right. And I did not know that all tea comes from one plant. Did you know this? Um, as in one original kind of plant, not one actual plant. Yeah, one actual yeah. plant. It's the biggest plant it's in the world. Really bloody like large. A, the actual type of plant. So it's um, Camellia I, um, sinensis. If I'm. I did not that know that. Right. Yeah, and I. I mean, it was probably quite naive or a bit stupid of me, really. But when I'm thinking of you know, kind of your your lapsang shushong or um, you know. <laughs> oh god, my teacher or... at school used to drink lapsang shushong, and it stank so oh, badly. Yeah, she'd always drink it in French class, and it stank. The room out was horrible. Oh, I quite like the smell. Um, but I kind of, you know, pictured it actually coming from a particular plant, you know, for each tea. Um, but, of course, it's... It, it, well, I say, of course, I didn't know. Um, it's not <laughs> like that. It comes from this one plant. And then you have these kind of inclusions, as they're known, these kind of um, things that you can put in it, such as blossoms, pieces of dried fruit, herbs, spices... Um, and then well, you've you gone down a put... tea rabbit hole, haven't you? I have gone down. I haven't even mentioned <laughs> twining yet. No, <laughs> what am no. I doing? I'm suddenly getting overly excited about tea. Welcome to Ladies Who Beijing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just to say, of course, um, <laughs> please let me say it. Um, tea, you know, we think of tea, you know, milk, kind of couple of sugars. But of course, around the world, they drink it in different ways. So in India, you've got chai, which is mixed with spices and sugar. Um, in Tibet, they mix it with salt and butter. Ooh. Morocco, very well known for mint, mint, yeah. minty tea. In Thailand, with sugar, condensed milk, star anise, orange, and it's served over ice in a tall glass. That sounds nice again. That does sound nice. And in Hong Kong, you can get pantyhose tea. Wait, what? Pantyhose tea. Yeah, no, I heard. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just not okay riff. with the theory. <laughs> no, apparently this is because it's actually... Um, uh, what word am I looking for? Strained, strained through a kind of a sock. It, it mm-hmm. looks like a, a pantyhose. It's not actually strained through pantyhose. Oh, okay. And if it is, hopefully not used pantyhose. But uh, <laughs> I wouldn't put it past somebody. No, no. Anyway, right. We're now going to talk about twinings for heaven's sake. So, oh, wow. uh, the twinings family moved from Gloucestershire to London in 1684, including a young Thomas Twining who was nine years of age. And as Thomas Twining reaches about 15, 16 years of age, he starts to work for a wealthy tea merchant. And at this point, 
in the late 1600s, we were drinking tea in this country, um, but we were a fan of the coffee a lot more, I would mm. say, because at this time you would have these little coffee houses all around uh, London. And actually, if you go to, what's it called, St. Michael's Alley in the city of London, you'll mm. find the Jamaica Inn. Um, this little kind of wine bar and a blue plaque just outside that says that this is the first place where we had a coffee house in 1651. Yeah, Pasqua Rosie, wasn't it? Yes, 1651. Um, but we were actually drinking tea um, a little bit after this. And this is because of Catherine of Braganza. Do you know about Catherine of Braganza? Catty B. Um, uh, well, I know that she was um, a wife to a king, but other than that, I don't know too much about her tea influences, to be honest, no. Yes, yeah, so she was the wife of King Charles II, who we've mentioned a couple of times mm-hmm. on our pods before. So he was the Merry Monarch. He restored the monarchy in 1660 after uh, we were a republic for 11 years. And his wife, Catherine, was a big lover of tea. And actually, it was the Portuguese who were the first Europeans to reach China. So they were big on their tea. Mm. And she would sip on tea every morning as her daily routine. She marries Charles in 1662, comes to England and misses it greatly. But luckily enough, in 1664, her and her husband Charles were gifted um, one kilo of Chinese tea from the East India Company. That must have been worth a lot because tea, when it first came over, was worth an absolute bundle, wasn't it? Oh, God, massively expensive. Hugely expensive. And we'll talk a little bit about the tax in a minute. Um, and, and still, before Catherine Berganza, people were drinking a little bit of tea in this country, but again, it was more for medicinal purposes. And right. it was apparently, in England, people thought that it would keep the spleen. Um, sorry, that's my fridge in the background there. <laughs> not, a, not a squeaky coffin. It's the Halloween! <laughs> yeah. In fact, that's a better coffin noise than you did last week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was terrible last week, wasn't it? <laughs> yes, I haven't had any voiceover calls. Have you not? Oh, I'm surprised. Um, so yes, uh, keeping the spleen free of obstruction. Apparently, oh. people thought that drinking tea was good for that. Um, and I should really mention the East India Company, um, which is you know something that we've mentioned before. The Honourable East India Company, which is hilariously untrue. Um, they were formed in 1660, and they had a monopoly on all English trade trade with the Far East, and they. I mean, they could make war, they could collect taxes. Um, they, they had were... stupid amounts of power and really should never be given any of it, but yeah. Mm, exactly. And so uh, by maybe, the maybe 1680s... Maybe we'll do a podcast on them at some point, but it's quite a depressing topic, so I don't it know. It is, isn't it? It's yeah. quite a heavy, dark topic, actually. Um... <laughs> Says the goth guide. <laughs> <laughs> so we should do that. Yeah, we totally um, do. So in the 1680s, they started to import tea directly from China. And now at this point, after Catherine Berganza starts to drink it, everybody wants to do what the royal family is doing, right? So everybody yeah. wants to start drinking tea. Um, anyway, back to Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd he go? Where'd he go? Where did he go? So he's working for this wealthy merchant who worked for the East India Company. He was called Thomas D'Aif. And D'Aif? How do you spell that? Uh D A E T H. Oh. D A F. 
Deaf. And Thomas, you know, learns the trade very, very well, very quickly as well. And he must have got a bit of a bit of coinage in his pocket because he purchases Tom's Coffee House in 1706, which is where you have the twining shop today. And uh, it's a bit cheeky, actually, that the wheel landed in Fleet Street because actually the twining shop is 216 <laughs> The Strand. But anyway, we're going to overlook that. Um, so yeah, he Cheating buys the coffee again. house. Cheating again, I know. Um, and at this point, you know, people are absolutely loving coffee. People would go to these coffee houses, go and have a business meeting. They would do this because they knew that if they went to the bars, alcohol was very expensive. They'd get drunk. They'd made bad decisions. They'd get a foggy head the next day. Whereas um, <laughs> Sounds relatable. It does sound relatable. But <laughs> if you drink coffee, of course, you're sipping on a cup full of mindfulness I mean, obviously, it's not going to taste like a pumpkin spice latte back then, but still, it's, it's you know... You don't know that. I don't know that, true, but I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess oh, it okay, doesn't. Um, so it's very, very popular, but the coffee houses did not allow women. It was, <gasps> dun, dun, dun. I know, it's quite a male-dominated place, um, but... Tom's Coffee House, which was run by Thomas Twining, also sold tea. Yes. And this meant that women could come in. And having it on the Strand was a prime location because, you know, you're right... <laughs> I know, aka Fleet Street. Um, you're right by the City of London, you're right by Westminster, you're right by the river, so lots of people are going to come over to the shop. And it becomes quite fashionable to drink tea. You'd have these tea parties. You'd have oh. people like Queen Anne who would be sipping on tea from her wonderful little china cup. And lots of paintings of people suddenly drinking tea. And talking of paintings, if you go to the shop, just going forward a bit here, if you go to a shop, you will find a painting of Thomas that was painted by William Hogarth. Oh, really? Yeah, and underneath it, there's this kind of little bit of information about how he painted it um, in exchange for the tab. So he obviously oh. racked up quite a huge bill for tea <laughs> and was like, Do you like, know what, Thomas? I can't pay for it. I can't pay for it for some reason. Because he had a, a bit of money. skill exchange? Um, <laughs> exactly, a skill exchange. How about I just paint your mug and I'll keep on <laughs> drinking mugs of your lovely tea? Oh, I see what you did there. Um, Very nice. Yeah, well done, right. Emily Dell. I didn't plan that. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely didn't. Um, now, he actually sold more dry tea than wet, which says a lot because, you know, people weren't sitting down and enjoying it. They were taking it home. So you suddenly have this new kind of tea culture where people are making cups of tea within their own houses, um, which is something so lovely, isn't it? You know, I guess not for you, really, because you're allergic. But, <laughs> but getting up in the morning and brewing the kettle, there's something really nice about making yourself a nice cup of tea. Um, I'm just going to take a little swig of my twinings. Enjoy. <laughs> oh, ah. um, <laughs> I'll finish now. my chips, so now I'm very, uh, <laughs> very alone. Um, so he then just starts to concentrate on tea, and he changes the name from Tom's Coffee House to The Golden Lion. And if you go to the shop just above the entrance, you'll find this beautiful golden lion. Um, 
It's really, really sweet. Again, it's we'll got... pop this on the show notes. So check in at the bottom of, of where you're listening to the podcast. There'll be a link to the yes. show notes. You can go and have a little look at the picture. Yeah, it's got a lovely little expression on his face. <laughs> um, so, um, and as we said, you know, tea was incredibly expensive. A Twining's gunpowder green tea that was being sold um, at the Golden Lion sold for the equivalent of £160 per 100 grams. What?! Yeah. Is that 160 pounds old money or new money? New money. New money. Wow, I mean still that's a lot of money. It's a lot, isn't it? <laughs> You've got to really like tea for that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then we move on to a different Twinings family member. He's called Daniel, and in 1741, Daniel Twining imports it to America. Um, uh, one person who absolutely loves it, the governor of Boston. Um, oh, well. <laughs> yes, and we're not going to go into the Boston Tea Party because we frankly just do not have time. Um, and I'm, then, ju- I'm just still cross they didn't put milk in it, to be honest. Yeah, right? Biggest cup of tea in the world. Yeah. What a Mistake. fail. What a fail. Um, and then we have a, a female Twining member, Mary Twining. Oh. Hello welcome she takes over the business for 21 years and starts to really kind of put her her flavor among it she starts to to want to add kind of flavors which make your mouth want to sing is that an expression i don't uh, it is now <laughs> good um yes tickle, quite tickle your taste buds tickle your taste buds tickle your fancy with your kind of your your little gooseberry and your little kind of jasmine number you can tickle your fancy with your little gooseberry if you like emily but, uh, <laughs> oh, with my what you do in your free time is uh, it's completely up to you <laughs> you cannot keep that in it's going in <laughs> okay anyway i'm just going to move on very quickly to talk about tax so um (laughs) tax on tea um now there was a massive tax on tea and um, this was to fund various wars that were happening um and that meant that lots of tea was being smuggled into the country and uh, it was easily done because it's obviously tea is quite light it is quite easy um very profitable even more so than gin and brandy which was being heavily smuggled into the country at the time um and the east india company they had we talking what era are we talking here so this is we're still in the 18th century this is kind of early 1700s yeah Um, And the East India Company, they had a bit of a downfall because they allowed officers on their ships to have a certain amount of space for um, them to have their own kind of private uh, kind of items. You know, if they were going to purchase things along the way, they could put whatever they could there. Yeah, exactly. Souvenirs. But a lot of them decided to, to get tea. Um, and you then, would, 160 quid for down to grams. Yeah, and then they would come back and they would sell it on to smugglers who met them offshore, who would then kind of, you know, sell them to, to various businesses and people. Wow. Um, there were also small boats, even rowing boats that were used to smuggle tea, rarely carrying, you know, kind of like a 50 chests or whatever at a time. Um, and then they would sell it on to kind of personal contacts or local shopkeepers. So it was just everybody was doing it and everybody wanted to get involved because people wanted tea. Yeah, and and money. And money. Um, And in the end, it was getting so out of hand that the Prime Minister at the time, William Pitt the Younger, who uh, was, I think he was like in his 20s at this point, he basically stopped the tax on tea to stop the smuggling. However, raised tax on other things such as the, uh, the dreaded window tax. 
Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Um, now, by the time we get to 1787, a logo is created for Twining's Tea. And this is actually the oldest commercial logo in continuous use. Um, they also put two Chinese tea traders on either side of the Golden Lion, which... Yes, I've seen them as I've yeah, gone past, yeah. They're still there today. Um, and on the actual crest itself, they have the lion laying down, and the, the lion actually above the door is also laying down, and this is meant to be a, a kind of a sign of respect to the... Sorry, that was my phone. Um, <laughs> to, to the founder um, of the business, Thomas Twining, which I think is quite nice. Oh, right, lovely. So why, why are they... How are they sort of being homage like by lying down? What they're kind of being passive to him, or, or yeah, what? I guess so. Yeah, they're not kind of alert or kind you of don't know, up do you? or in attacking mode. No, I presume if a lion is laying down, then a lion is relaxed and not going to attack. Chilled, chilled. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, now Jane Austen wrote in her diary that her mother actually sent her to London to pick up Twining's tea, which oh, wow. I think is quite nice. Um, and so it's quite 18... a big deal then it's you know it's a sort of a it's a destination almost it is absolutely you know when people come into London they might go to the Tower of London or you know go to uh, the zoo at Regent's Park or visit Twinings same way that people would come in today and go to Fortnum's I guess and that kind yes. of thing of you know yeah, must go there absolutely. and pick up and if you haven't been into the, the shop it is tiny yeah. it's actually the smallest shop in London isn't it it's, it's really narrow but really long yeah, 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 it's um, surprising how much they can actually fit in there. And they do actually have um, a kind of a wall dedicated to the history of Twinings as well, which is quite nice. Um, also above the shop, you do have a royal warrant, which yeah. was given to them in 1837 by Queen Victoria. Um, and have we spoken about royal warrants on the pod before? Um, I don't know that we have actually hmm. no so you get given a royal warrant if you have um been kind of selling your product whatever it is to the royal family for a particular amount of time i think you get a golden one if it's been 10 years hmm. is that right i don't know about the golden one but i know that you have to do five years of good service within a seven year period and hmm. then they can award you the royal warrant all okay, right well, there you go um so uh, then they branch out. In 1910, a shop opens in France. Ooh, so we're going international here. We are going international. Um, in 1933, the first blend of English breakfast tea comes out. How did that go down with the French, I wonder? Yeah. And maybe they didn't sell that one there. <laughs> Get that jail free card. Get that under wraps. Well, I imagine they would. I imagine they would because that would be, you know, quite a, a calling card. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, not sure. Because you're also in a period that's going to lead up to quite a lot of tensions with the French. So I don't know how that's going to go. Yeah. Hmm. Um, now, World War II, um, they tried not to put too much, um, too much of a ration on tea mm. because they knew that tea boosted morale so much and people needed it. And in 1939, Twinings actually um, gave lots of tea to the Red Cross and also the Women's Voluntary Service for free. Oh, wow. Um, and actually, during World War Two, it's said that the top five purchases of war, um, well, what's in one of the top it was in the top five purchases of war and that was tea that's the kind of the classic british thing of you know anything can be solved with a cup of tea yeah exactly and it, it yeah. was used to kind of treat shock and all sorts of you know hot sweet tea wasn't it of uh 
Your, your house has just been blown to smithereens. Have a cup of tea, love. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was like seen as a visible symbol of unity as well. Yeah, and kind of carrying on regardless type thing. Mm. And apparently the water that was sent to the troops on the front line, it came in old oil cans, which when they drank the water, it kind of left a strange aftertaste. Yeah, so the, no, so the, the addition of tea kind of masked that, whilst, of course, energising them as well with the caffeine yeah. content, <laughs> <laughs> which probably was very little. But Two still. birds, one stone. Yeah. Um, and the value of tea to the British was clearly kind of seen when the Royal Air Force dropped 75,000 tea bombs into occupied Netherlands. As in, to, as in, when you say tea bombs, you mean to kind of drop provisions, right? Yeah, drop provisions. They were kind of like these little boxes and within it, you, you had the tea. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, tea bag. Do you know when the first tea bag came out? Oh, now, I'm not sure I know when, but I think it was in New York. So, yes, yeah, so tea bags were first used in America about the 1930s, um, but it was in 1956 when the first tea bag was sold in Britain, which was at Twinings. Oh, really? Yes. God, you know, it's at the forefront of all the tea stuff. Mm-hmm, absolutely. I love it. And if you pick up their box of Earl Grey, mm. um, at the back it says twine int has been blending oh i should say this is this is um written by um the current earl gray philip kent gray oh, oh. okay so um it says twine int has been blending my family tea for years legend has it that my ancestor the second earl gray was presented with this exquisite recipe by an envoy on his return from china he liked it so much he asked richard twine to recreate it for him Generations of my family have enjoyed Earl Grey tea and today I am proud to continue this tradition with the tea celebrated throughout the world known as Twining's Earl Grey. So they actually originated the Earl Grey? Yeah, there Interesting. you go. I don't like Earl Grey, do you like it? Oh, I love Earl Grey. Do you? Nah, Bergamot, yes. Nah, not my flavour. Oh, no, I really, really <laughs> like it. I don't drink it that often and when I do, it's a bit sacrilege because I do add milk, which... Oh, uh, dear. I know. But then fiddling? when you add mi- what, What's that? Are you fiddling? <laughs> With my gooseberry. With your gooseberry. No, I was banging on the chair. Oh, I thought I could hear something. Else. No, I was... Um, You know when you get excited and you do kind of weird things <laughs> or like, you know, you start tapping things or kind of like your hands start going funny. I think I got the excitement of the taste of Earl Grey in my mouth so I started tapping on the chair. Um, what's the saying? I don't know. Carry, <laughs> carry on. <laughs> you like Earl Grey, um, it's oh, fine. Yes, no, you can see it turns grey when you add the milk. That's what I was going to say. Oh. See, I don't... Yeah. I, uh... I don't like the idea of grey tea. No, it sounds a bit disgusting, actually. Uh, Let's move on. Anyway. Um, Now, in terms of where their tea is coming from, it will come from, well, it is coming from China, India, Indonesia, Japan, Sri Lanka. um, And you can find lots of information about twinings, actually, on the Cutty Sark, which is a very well-known tea clipper in Greenwich. Yes. Mm. I've been on there many times. I haven't seen any info about the twinings. Where would that be? Um, probably in the shop where you can buy twinings too. Uh, oh, hello. Hello. I see what they've done there. Yeah. And they've also got quite good links of English heritage. So if you go to Stonehenge, for instance, the only tea that they sell there mm. is twinings tea. Um, that's also the same for quite a few hotels. You kind of have... Um, 
Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Has connections with them with their afternoon tea. Yeah, I don't think people always realise that Twinings is quite as historic as it is. I think people always just think it's just another tea brand, but actually, mm. it's it's really the sort of the instigator of tea in the UK. Yeah, as it a is. kind of commercial thing. Yeah, if you fly with BA as well, the only tea that they give you is Twinings. Oh, is it now? Yeah, yeah. And I just wanna I just wanna end by reading you, and I say this so dark, I can't even see what it says. <laughs> Um, true story. Hang on a minute. Let me get my torch on my phone. I've got my glasses on as well. I just can't see. So I wanted to read you what it says at the back of my Twinings. Oh, <laughs> Sorry. So um, today I'm drinking Twinings, strawberry and elderflower. And I just love, you know, how people kind of write these kind of poetic stories when it comes to yes. tea. This blend captures the essence. Oh, sorry, it says essence, not intense. Sorry, hang on. This blend captures the essence. This is going so well. (laughs) (laughs) This blend captures the essence of an English summer afternoon in a glass. Intense, juicy strawberry (laughs) will hit your taste buds first, followed by... The sweetness from the elderflower and a subtle hint of aromatic juniper. Oh, I say. And that's my talk on tea. That's a bit sexy, that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, amazing. (sighs) Fabulous. So you actually drink twinings yourself. Do you just drink the, 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 like, fruity ones or do you drink, you drink their Earl Grey as well, right? I do. I don't just drink twinings, though. Um... (laughs) Um, I'm not. We're not sponsored by Twinings this week, I'd say. Um, we but should no, be. I do. I, we should be. Yes, actually. Um, I would like to just be drinking Twinings. Um, no, I, I really do enjoy their flavours. This one is a new one out, actually. Strawberry and elderflower, and it is really good. It is really nice. So people can tootle along to the Twining store, can they? And just sort of wander in and go and have a look at the history? Yeah, absolutely. And you can uh, have a tea for £2. You can take away a tea for £2, which is good. A cup of tea or a a tea bag? (laughs) Cup of tea. Just one tea tea bag. (laughs) Okay, oh, they do. (laughs) One tea bag for £2. Um, So you can actually take, they make the tea in there and you can take it away. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's very kind of like, um, it's it's quite interesting what they've done with the space because you do have this kind of this like island in the middle right at the end if that makes sense <laughs> Not right in the middle but at the end yeah <laughs> um, where you can kind of sit and kind of you know um hobnob with the next door neighbor and <laughs> have a cup of tea oh they have hobnobs brilliant count <laughs> me in they've got hobnobs. Oh. Oh, amazing. Yeah, so... should do biscuits though shouldn't they they, they should, should do, do twinings biscuits should do mm. well i guess fortnum's got that covered yeah true they go for all your fancy tea needs twinings the most historic tea purveyor mm. in the country there yeah. we go there you go that's it for this week thank you very much em you're welcome great story and, uh, i'm gonna have to pop in because i haven't been in there for years yeah. so i'm gonna have to pop in. i'll go and see if they do a decaf tea i mean they, they might do they might shoot sure me out as, as a heathen but yeah but you can get lots of herbal teas that don't have yeah, caffeine I this one like here strawberry oh okay Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm no. really not the audience for this week's podcast, am no, I? No, not at all. I did think that when I thought, oh, actually. Alex no, it's all good. Me. It's good. It's good. I like it. I like it. Um, well, I'm going to have to have a little toodle along and see what uh, see what they've got. For the yeah, I remember of- you can go in and see William Hogarth's painting of Thomas. Yeah. Cain. Definitely reasons to go in there. Mm. Fantastic. Great. 
podcast pedestal. So, what's what's going to be your podcast pedestal? Mm. Cruxy, pointy Good of the question. story. I think it's. What do I think? I don't know what I think. My brain is is just atrophying at the moment. Um, atrophying. Oh dear, here we go. <laughs> we haven't had an Alex Lacey word for a while. Sorry, can we go back? Atrophying. Yeah, atrophy is like is when um, you know if you sort of sit around for too long, your muscles atrophy. They kind of waste away. Bloody so. <laughs> Every day is a school day. Em. Every day is a school day. So yeah, my brain is atrophying or liquefying. Let's say um, at the moment. Um, Posh white women come to mind. <laughs> posh white women talking and and actually i was chatting to um ian who is my uh, friend heather's husband uh, the other day and he was list- he said he'd been listening to the podcast and he said he said to heather do all of your friends cackle like you do <laughs> so Brilliant. yeah hi ian yes we do hi ian yes absolutely yeah we're all cackling got our inner witch yeah <laughs> um i'm gonna go i think for catherine braganza oh that's a good one that's a good crush Kathy B. um i think just because you know that thing of her going I like the tea. You don't have the tea. I'm going to get the tea and you're all going to like it with me. Is that I your best Portuguese accent? my best Portuguese. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot that bit. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to go for Catherine Braganza, who sounded exactly like that. <laughs> okay. um, and her love of tea and shipping it over. That's me. Right. What about you? Oh, that's a good one. That's very cruxy. Oh, very cruxy. Um, I think I think I might have to go for the logo. The logo. I think I might have to go for the logo. Actually, no, I'm going to go for the Golden Lion. Oh, okay. It was first. The shop was called the Golden Lion. He first named it the Golden Lion when it was just selling tea, and I think that's that's you know. Sorry, it's my friend again. Um, Popular tonight, are we? It's just a notification telling me to um, go to bed. Um, <laughs> no, it's uh, yeah. It was at that point when he decided just to sell tea and tea only. So Stuff I stuff um, the rest of it. Yeah, I'm going to say the golden lion. Lion spell L Y O N. Oh. Just in case when I put it on Instagram, you don't think that I'm stupid. <laughs> well, you don't know what atrophy means, so you know. No, I, don't know. I don't know what atrophy means. So actually, you do now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, those are your picks, everybody, for this week. It is Catherine Braganza. Or the golden lion. 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 Don't you lion to me. <laughs> Fabulous. Right, well, before we head into uh, seeing what is next week's pick, um, anything coming up? Anything? Well, I'll tell you what is coming up. Um, big shout out to your Christmas walk, which Nick Christmas and I walks. and Carmen are coming on to. Yes, very excited to have you along for a Christmas walk. If people want to come and do the Christmas walk that you're on, what date are you coming? I'm coming on the 4th. The 4th. 4th of December. Oh, actually, that one is pretty full now. Mm. Um, so, uh, snap the last tickets up for that. Yeah, so if you want to come and, and meet Emily and and her tiny potato. Um, <laughs> tiny potato. <laughs> tiny, not so tiny anymore, is she? Um, then the 4th <laughs> is, is the, the walk for you. Um, and this weekend... I have uh, my Harlots tour coming up on the 6th, uh, Saturday um, at 11 o'clock, which we've got a few spots left on. And that is, I think, one of my favourite tours. It's all about the Georgian sex trade. And we talk about Kitty Fisher, who we spoke about on the podcast, and a whole variety of other ladies. We we trace some of the sexy goings on in the 1700s. 
around uh, around Covent Garden and Soho. So do come and grab tickets. That's only 15 quid. And if you like a little bit of sex and smut, that's the one for you. Can you give us a quick Georgian sex trade fact? Well, I can maybe, if I find my little, uh, the little book, I can read you the story of one of the ladies who's in, the, this is basically a little black book of the ladies who were for sale uh, at a certain time. So let me read you um, the <laughs> a lady called Miss Brown, who, um, I'm just going to read you a little bit because it's, it's such a great entry. This pretty bit of luscious stuff is not above 19. She is remarkably full-breasted of her age. It is said that a certain gentleman whose name she now goes by was so enamoured with her, get this, pouting orbs, which before they, before they attained to their present extent, he compared to two poached eggs in fine preservation, <gasps> that he desired to cover them with two banknotes of £20 each whenever he regaled himself with such a luxuriant banquet. So we find the exact spot where Miss Brown, who had the cracking boobs, um, where her house was. And we, we trace a whole variety of the ladies and find out about the Georgian sex trade. So there's a little, a little oh my insight God. for you. You haven't done Mrs. that tour yet, have you? Brown and her two poached eggs. Yeah. Well, no, two poached eggs and then pouting orbs. And then pouting orbs. Yeah. Pouting orbs. Yeah. Wow. You ever been described as having pouted orbs or is it I've just never, the ghostbury? No one's ever told me that I've got pouting orbs. No. <laughs> oh, well. Somebody will, I'm sure. Anything? Um, just carrying on doing pictures? Just carrying on doing my doodles, doing my okay. pictures. So, yeah, people want to check out my art, head to sketch history, sketch underscore history. And yeah, if you um, you know can't think what to get your loved one for Christmas, and you want to get them something personalised, don't bother getting them anything at all. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, No, contact me. Feel free to contact me. The wheel of destiny. Right, go on then. Get your pouting orbs on the wheel. (laughs) (laughs) Pounding orbs at the ready. Right, here we go. (laughs) Okay, it has landed in one of our favourite hotspots, Covent Garden. Covent Garden, I was there today. I Um, beg your garden. (laughs) Right, Covent Garden. Ooh, okay, Um, let's go away from the main piazza. Let me have a little look at my list. Ooh, ooh, I'll tell you where is quite good. I'm going to link it to Drury Lane. Um, I'm going to do Dick Turpin. Oh, hello. Yeah, he's not, I mean, there's not huge, well, there are some links to him in London, but, you know, let's face it, it's as tenuous as some of our other ones. <laughs> exactly. Go um, for it. But he's a really good story. You up for a bit of Dick Turpin? I am. Stand and Stand deliver. Stand and deliver your money or your life. Yeah, we might have to um, go down a bit of an adamant uh, <laughs> rabbit hole as well. I'm into it. Have you, seen right. the, um, have you seen the Carry On movie, which is all about Dick Turpin? No, I haven't. What's oh, it called? Carry so On? Um, I can't remember. It's not Carry On Dick. No, it's Carry On Dick. It is Carry On Dick. <laughs> and um, it's Carry On Dick. Of course Dick. it is. Of course it is. And Sid James plays Dick Turpin. Brilliant. I'm going to have to watch that before next week. Yeah, yeah let's do a little bit of uh, Highwayman stuff with Dick Turpin because there's quite a lot of good stuff about him. Great. Let's do it. Fabulous. That'll be next right, week's darling. one then. Wonderful. Well, thank you all for coming along and listening. Uh, We hope you've had a lovely week and have another great week ahead. Mm -hmm. And uh, we will see you all next week. Do feel free to give us a shout if you're on social media or (laughs) or you want to just drop us an email. And, And, uh, yeah, please feel free to write us a message. Yeah. View us. (laughs) 
<laughs> with you as nicely. That would be lovely. Yeah, that would be lovely. Um, and we'll see you all next week for some more Ladies Who London with a bit of Dick Turpin. <laughs> oh, we need to grow up in a seriously oh, big way. All right. Bye, all right. everybody. Bye. Bye.